Voltron fans, this is Mark Morell, your host for Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast, and I'm coming to you after getting back from WonderCon 2019 in Anaheim, California. We're excited because we have something special that we brought from WonderCon. So I have to bring on my co-host, Greg Tyler. Welcome, Greg. Hello, Mark Morell. Hello, listeners and fellow Voltron fans. Some of you went to WonderCon. Some of you didn't. Mark Morell did. Hopefully, if you were at WonderCon, you saw him there and said hi. And if you weren't at WonderCon, you're not alone. I was not there either, but I was there in spirit. So how was it, Mark? Oh, it was awesome. Awesome as usual. Of course, there was no Voltron panels or anything like that. But there was plenty of things to keep us busy because, you know, I also do interviews for Toon Barn. Mm -hmm. So we had lots to do for that. We did the Justice League versus the Fatal Five interviews, and we got to see that premiere. We saw the Batman versus TMNT premiere, mm -hmm. and we also did the interviews for that. We also saw the panel for DC Superhero Girls, the newest version of that that's on Cartoon Network. It's on Sundays at 4 o'clock. And, of course, Kimberly Brooks plays Bumblebee in that. Nice. And we got to have another interview with her, and we talked to her about that. And, of course, on that same cast is Kari Walgren and Greg Griffin, who were both additional voices on Voltron, Legendary Defender on Netflix. Very cool. Here's the other thing. But wait, there's more. In the cast for Justice League versus the Fatal Five, there was Somali Montano. Nice. Of course, you know Somali Montano played Admiral Sonda in Voltron Legendary Defender. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to her about Justice League vs. Fatal Five, mm -hmm. where she played the Emerald Empress. Okay, I have not seen it, but I'll take your word for it. And I'm sure it's cool. Knowing the Admiral Sonda voice, can you guess what Emerald Empress is? Good guy or bad guy? Probably bad. Right. Okay. She's one of the Fatal Five. In fact, she's the leader of the Fatal Five. Yeah, I, I just figured from the, the title of Empress that uh, probably bad things were going to happen, but yeah. <laughs> right. So that's that's something that uh, was very cool to be able to talk to Somali Montano. If you see my interviews on Toon Barn, we're going to be releasing those before April 16th because that one, that's when those Blu-rays come out for Justice League versus the Fatal Five, and you'll get to see me talk to Somali Montano. Cool. But we didn't talk to her about Voltron, but what she did say was that I could, you know, talk to her on social media and, and maybe set something up. Nice. That'll be a lot of fun. For a future podcast. Okay. That would be nice? Oh, it would be very nice. We haven't had her <laughs> on before. Nope. I'd love to have her on. Right. But then another thing kind of fell into our lap while we were in uh, WonderCon, and that's why we're here tonight. Okay, cool. So we've taken a break from episode reviews for what you're about to announce. Yes. So while we were there, I got a, an email from the publicist for Zara Fazal. Zara Fazal plays Nadia Rizavi in Voltron Legendary Defender. She's one of the MFE pilots. Right. So Zara Fazal also plays Halo on Young Justice Outsiders, and that's a big role for her. And... It's like probably one of the biggest characters of the third season of Young Justice. Okay, that's cool. Again, I, this is another show I've not seen, but uh, it, it sounds really neat. Young Justice right now is only, uh, the third season is only available on the DC Universe subscriber service. Okay, gotcha. 
we got to see the first 13 episodes of the season. The second group of 13 episodes are going to start coming out on July 2nd. Excited about that, but at the same time, I was excited about being able to have some time to talk to Zara Fazal because we were able to set up a time for an interview, and this is actually like a sit-down interview. This was nice. But we're going to have this, after this comes out on the on the audio podcast, we're also going to be able to release it on our YouTube channel, so you'll get to see it. That's cool. So you, so you actually had time for a one-on-one sit-down interview? Yes. That's cool. The couple conventions that I've attended with you in the press area, um, that's not a very common thing to happen, is it? No. And what's nice at WonderCon is they have this press room, right, that the press can come in and set up their laptops and you know, write some stories uh, after they've done their interviews and stuff, maybe do some transcribing, whatever. That's where a lot of the work gets done for the press. Mm -hmm. They also have like water coolers in there. Sometimes they have snacks and stuff like that. But then immediately to the side of that room, they had another room available where you could actually do sit down interviews. Oh, that's cool. And then you still have that WonderCon backdrop behind you. So we had Kim doing the the camera work where she was pointing towards that WonderCon backdrop while we were both sitting at chairs in front of it. And in that same interview room, uh, we saw Seamus Kelly. He was doing one of his interviews for Den of Geek while we were in there. Oh, cool. And I wanted to mention that we did see some people uh, while we were in WonderCon, and we had dinner with Seamus and Danny and Shannon and Kevin, so I wanted to thank those guys for joining us for dinner. Another night, we had gone to the Battle of the Planets 40-year celebration. That is awesome. And that was a, a panel that they were holding at WonderCon that included uh, Franklin Kofod, who's been on our podcast before because he was the former director and showrunner of Voltron Defender of the Universe back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And even before he worked on Voltron, he worked on Battle of the Planets as the supervising editor. That is really cool. What, a, what an awesome thing. And, and of course... Uh... Uh, you've met Franklin several times over the years, and I was privileged to meet him at WonderCon two years ago. So that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I consider a Franklin a good friend now. Well, good. That's awesome. So that's that's awesome that we were able to build up that friendship over the years. Mm -hmm. And he was invited to be at WonderCon by the moderator of the panel. His name is Jason Hofius, and he's written books on... Uh, G-Force and Battle of the Planets. So a uh, wide range of, of information that we got from that panel about Battle of the Planets. Uh, there was a video they showed about Sandy Frank talking about the production and, you know, why it got to be popular and what was so good about the show and everything. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that show was the basis for the reason why Peter Keefe wanted to do Voltron because they took an existing show in Japan and made Battle of the Planets out of it. And Peter Keefe wanted to do the same thing with a couple of shows from Japan that he turned into Voltron. Right. And of course he brought Franklin Kofod along with him. That's really cool. So, uh, you know, it's a small world out there, even with media franchises. <laughs> and also Jameson Brewer, who was the writer for Voltron, he was also the writer for Battle of the Planets. Yeah. Very cool. Really good stuff. And uh, we had a nice dinner with... Uh, Franklin and Jason on that Friday night as well. 
So there were some other uh, Voltron fans that I knew were in uh, WonderCon in Anaheim, mm -hmm. but we didn't get to see them. So I wanted to say, sorry, we missed you. I want to include Banahide, NJ, Hazel, Stephanie, all people who have been on the podcast previously. I just wanted to let you know, I'm sorry we didn't get to, to see you while we were there. Yeah, Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So I wanted to point out an artist, so an artist alley that we bought a couple of prints from. He had a 1984 Voltron print and a 2016 Voltron Legendary Defender Voltron print that included casts from both of those different shows. And so we bought those, and I also talked to Jamie about maybe joining us on the podcast on a future podcast. Oh, cool. So that would be really neat to, to have a, a really good illustrator who also... Uh, has done some amazing stuff for Transformers, G.I. Joe, other things from that time period as well, besides Voltron. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So we'll talk about doing that maybe in a future podcast as well. Nice. So all that was great. Uh, WonderCon was just really great. The weather was awesome. The people were great. Everything was great. I just wish we were, we could still be talking about Voltron in some way. <laughs> well, you kind of did. I mean, not at a panel, but uh, you know, you you got some uh, you got some good uh, some good interviews and stuff going on, right? Got some little bit of Voltron stuff going. Well, yeah, and and there's there's several actors. I mean, you know, we had talked about uh, Kari Walgren, Gray Griffin, Kimberly Brooks, Somali Montano, Zara Fazal. I mean, all these people have been on Voltron, right? And now that you go to all these things and you interview these people. You can have these memories of people who have worked on Voltron. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at some future time, I know we're going to get in contact with more of these voice actors because they're awesome voice actors. Right. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I know we're going to see them in other stuff. Right. We've had some great people on in the past from past shows and Voltron Legendary Defender. And uh, it is becoming a past show, as strange as that seems even now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure we'll have them on and, and uh, continue the conversation. All right. And while you were at WonderCon, I'll just point out I was doing something completely different. What was that? <laughs> My family, we did a mini vacation. We were originally planning to go to Indianapolis, but my wife and my daughter, knowing that I'm a huge fan of not just Voltron and other things like Babylon 5, et cetera, et cetera, but also, believe it or not, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, that's right. Yes, the classic uh, children's television series from PBS from uh, 1968 to 2001, I think. Um, they surprised me with a trip to the Pittsburgh and Latrobe, Pennsylvania areas. And so um, we got to see a bunch of sites with a bunch of uh, really cool displays of, of puppets and props and set pieces and uh, sweaters and sneakers and all the stuff you can imagine from Mr. Rogers. So that was a lot of fun. It was obviously very different than WonderCon, very different than Voltron, <laughs> but it was a really great family-filled weekend. So uh, I had a great time too, but uh, doing something very different in another part of the universe. <laughs> very nostalgia-filled though, right? Oh gosh, yes. It was amazing. Got to see the original trolley, the original uh, King Friday Castle, wow. Daniel Striped Tiger's Clock, X and Henrietta's tree, a ton of the puppets. It was absolutely amazing. Got to do a, a behind-the-scenes uh, uh, peek 
at the archive at Fred Rogers Center and see some really, really rare stuff that does not see the public uh, eye very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was neat. So uh, whether you like the show or not, that specific show, as enthusiasts of other things like Voltron, um, you know, you could you could appreciate the opportunity to get those sneak peeks at things sometimes. So um, it was just a lot of fun in so many ways. I won't bore our listeners with uh, <laughs> the gory details because I'm way off topic. But uh, it was a great weekend. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> so what do you say we just jump into this interview with Zara Fazal? Yes, this is going to be cool. Looking forward to it. Okay, so we're talking to the voice of... Nadia Razavi, which is Zara Fazal. All right. Hi, this is Mark Morell, host of Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast. We're here at WonderCon 2019, and I got the opportunity to talk to Zara Fazal who plays Razavi in Voltron Legendary Defender. Yay, hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to sit down and talk to you. We haven't talked to any of the MFE pilots other than AJ, who's Griffin. Of course, of course, Griffin, ha. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> but people have been requesting the MFE pilots. That's so cool. Yeah, they're such lovable, you know, they're such lovable characters, the way that they were introduced with their individual personalities and so, so strongly. Yeah, it's so cool that people are interested in them and I love them. So how is, let's, let's go back to the beginning. How did you audition for Voltron and how did, how did it go? I, so I was lucky to audition for Voltron several times for different characters. I remember I'd auditioned for Allura, I'd auditioned for Zethrid, um, for Hagar, and uh, finally an audition for Nadia Razavi came across my desk, and um, you know, when I read the description about how she, uh, her parents wanted her to be a doctor, but she has, was an adrenaline junkie and wanted to be a pilot, I was like, oh! Yes, I so relate to this, you know, being myself the child of two doctors <laughs> and not going into medicine. Um, so, I, so I auditioned for it, and then I found out a couple weeks later I got the role. And that was uh, almost two years ago. So I had been sitting on The Secret for, for quite a while before the episodes I recorded finally aired in season seven. So what was it like getting into the booth? Did you get to do it as an ensemble? So the first record, I got to do it with Anna Graves, who plays Leaf's daughter, and that was super fun. And, you know, the biggest thing for me was working with voice director Andrea Romano, who I had been such a huge fan of her work all through growing up. I loved Animaniacs, Batman the Animated Series, Pinky and the Brain. And so um, to be directed by her, I was, like, trying to contain my glee in the booth. <laughs> like everybody, did she bring out the best in you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always tell people, you know, you hear so much about her, how amazing she is, how she makes you feel supported in your choices. And it's 100 percent the case. She's so amazing. And I feel so grateful that I got to work with her before she retired. Svoltron was her last animated series before her retirement. So she was just lovely. Yeah. And um, there were a couple other sessions where I got to record uh, in group, but a lot of them were, were solo, unfortunately. Sorry. It's such a great cast. Oh, my gosh. Um, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about some of Rosavi's favorite moments. Okay. What are some? What do you think are, are some of Rosavi's favorite moments? I love that she hates yeast. <laughs> the day 47 episode was my favorite to record because it was just so much fun and um, I love when she becomes the reality TV announcer host with the extreme gardening wait exp- no 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 extreme space harvesting with, with Colleen <laughs> with Colleen yeah Colleen's like I don't really know what what's happening um <laughs> I love that episode and I also really loved um, launch date the first episode of season eight um, where the girls go to the mall and Pidge and Razabi freak out over the video game. And um, it's just so relatable personally, like having a game that you never got to finish because life got in the way. And in this case, life was the cholera invading Earth. Making sure Laura gets the right outfit, they had to give up the game. That's right. That's right. What a noble sacrifice. That was really Pidge's call. I think Razavi was heartbroken about it personally. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, when we went to uh, day 47, obviously, we didn't know you were going to be so, oh, man, this has to be not boring. It has to be action-packed. we got to make this documentary something people remember for years on. Right, right. And, you know, we recorded the episodes kind of not necessarily in chronological order. So the first session, or the second session, we recorded day 47, and so that was so I'm so glad it happened that way because in season in those season eight episodes you really get a view into Razavi's personality that you don't necessarily see in the season seven episodes when there's so much about the job so much about their mission and um, so it was great because then I knew then to infuse her with her character early on even though she didn't have um, a whole lot to say at that point it was so helpful to know where she was headed and so yeah I'm so glad that I got to read the scripts a little bit in advance before we recorded some of those earlier episodes of season seven. There was a scary moment in season eight. The ship had gotten damaged, and she was just looking out the window of her ship at the row beast that was just about to hit her. And we thought for a moment there, oh my God, don't, no. Can I tell you that was a shock to me too? Because I don't think she has a line in that episode. So I hadn't, I didn't know that was happening. (laughs) We only got to see the episodes that we recorded on. So, you know, seeing that after the fact, I was like, oh my girl. (laughs) Everybody was, had a lump in their throat at that moment. And thank you you so much, everyone, for your concern for Azavi. She's okay. (laughs) Nobody wants to have anything happen to any of the MFE pilots. Oh, they're precious. I would love to see a spinoff show with them, honestly. Yes, yes. Can we have that, please? Spin off? It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Call me. (laughs) So with your work with Voltron, did that help you land the Halo role that you got at Young Justice Outsiders? It's actually, I feel like, the other way around. Um, Actually, both things sort of happened independently. So I got cast on Voltron about a month after after I received word that I was cast on Young Justice Outsiders. And so there was a period of time where we hadn't started recording on either show, but I just knew, like, oh my gosh, I'm playing characters in two of these beloved franchises with great writing, great animation, you know, beloved, big fan followings. And um, it it was a month of really good news for me. And also this kind of calm before the storm of, okay, what do I have to do to prepare to bring my A game to these sessions? And so I'm thinking about it the way it all kind of unfolded is Young Justice started recording and then Voltron recorded uh, maybe about two months after the Young Justice session started up so I feel like 
Young Justice is my first regular series where I would go in every week. Uh, and so the first few sessions, I really got to cut my teeth on what that experience would be like. So I think that going into Voltron, I already felt very prepared and very kind of seasoned in what the, the animated world is like. Um, but every room is different. You know, every room is different because the showrunners are different. The creative team is different. The voice directors are different. The act your fellow actors are different. Um, so, you know, there were very two different vibes for both Young Justice and Voltron, but similar in the sense that everyone was very... The creative teams were so particular and devoted to the details of the work. Like, no, no detail was left... No stone left uncovered, essentially. And that, for me as an actor, is the most fun space to play in when everyone is bringing their A-game and we're all trying to tell the best story we can. So, yeah, two very different experiences, but very cool in the way they kind of worked together and informed each other. Yeah. Very different characters. So, everybody first saw Halo, they thought she was Gabrielle? Uh, Gabrielle Dow, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she kind of died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen season three of Young Justice. Um, yeah, right, she died a few times. <laughs> And she came back as Halo. Right, right, right. Well, no spoilers for the second half of season three, but we get to see a little bit more into the psychology of Halo. What makes up Halo? Okay. Yeah. She's getting a little bit of attention from Brion Markov. She sure is. <laughs> Those crazy kids. <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet to see how their kind of relationship has budded has been budding, you know, he, as the prince of Markovia, banished from his country, and she, as a Karaki refugee, who was kind of seen as the lowest class in Markovia, so to see a, a Markovian prince date a refugee Karaki girl, that's a really interesting dynamic. I'm excited to see where it goes. At one point, Brion says, I don't care who you were or what you were before, I, I like who you are now. Right, right. Yeah, it's very... Um, it's, he's such a serious, serious, stodgy, fussy pants. And he is... He, <laughs> he needs to loosen up a little bit. A little bit. But also, like, his parents were murdered. And his brother said, hey, you can't... You're, I'm exiling you. And his uncle's all... And he was looking for his sister. And he's looking for his sister, who's been missing for a few years, right? So he has a lot of reason to, to have a lot of teenage angst that goes beyond the norm. Um, and I think Halo lightens him up a little bit because she's so sunny. She's so, um, you know, she's a new creature in the world. She's seeing the best of things, I think. And I think part, there's part of him that is very open and receptive to that and makes him feel more at home in despite all the crazy things that are happening around him. Now, she continues to su surprise us with like new powers that we've never seen before. Where do those come from? Every week there's a new power, it seems, right? Um, well, again, at the end of this, this spoilers for season three, the first half, uh, we learn that she is a mother box entity inside the body of a human teenage girl. And it's this mother box entity that has various powers that she can bring out one by one um, that are essentially the abilities of a mother box, but going through this human vessel. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, Halo getting more control over her powers and... Uh, 
kind of where that might all be leading up to in terms of the team and and the Justice League and she was one of the ones that could calm down Cyborg, right? Because he had a father box inside him, right? Yes, the mother box and the father box. Yes. And I think Artemis in the show calls it a halo cleanse. <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's something interesting about that dynamic between Vic and Violet of their mother box and father box energies talking to each other and communicating on some level. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this show. <laughs> So we've seen the first 13 episodes of Young Justice Outsiders, Young Justice Season 3, and we know now, as a, as a result of WonderCon, that the second 13 episodes are going to be out in the fall. That's right. Well, July 2nd. Oh, yeah. Ju I'm sorry. July 2nd. Right. Well, the, yeah. So I think, I think the plan is releasing, just like the first half, releasing three episodes every Friday and then fourth on the last Friday. So by August... We'll have had the rest of the season, I think. Right. Super exciting. <laughs> so have you heard anything about the possibility of a season four? Because everybody's been seeing how you know popular Young Justice is on the DC Universe service. So why wouldn't there be a season four? Absolutely. I mean, I there's been nothing official announced or confirmed. I have no idea. Actors are the last to know these yeah. things. <laughs> but um, I mean... Honestly, we've just been killing it for DC Universe. Like, I think it was something like we were in the top 10 streaming shows of any platform, live action, animated, any any format for all the weeks that we were on. And we were number one for one of those weeks, which is just amazing. And it's such a testament to the fans of the show who supported the show during its hiatus and who were directly responsible for bringing it back. It's thanks to you guys that... Um, it's had such tremendous, tremendous success. I hope there's a season four uh, because it's money. The show is money. And uh, I, I really hope that animation takes a long time to make. So if, if, it, if a season four is announced, I would hope they announce that sooner rather than later so we can all get back to making, making a great show for everybody. We can't, see, we can't wait to see what's coming up with Young Justice. And we, we wish you all the luck in, in the world with Halo. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have you, now that you've been here at WonderCon, been able to see all the cosplay and everything? Have you seen any cosplay of either Rizavi or Halo or anybody from either of those two shows? I have not seen any Rizavi or Halo cosplay in person yet, but I've seen some amazing Rizavis online. Shout out to, I'm sorry if I mispronounced this, Dialara cosplay. Um, she's this amazing, she did a Rizavi as, so Lauren, one of the showrunners of, of Voltron, um, had drawn a fan art of the MFE pilots as uh, uh, Marvel characters, and she drew Rizavi cosplaying as uh, Kamala, Ka Kamala Khan, uh, Ms. Marvel, and uh, Dialara cosplay did that cosplay, Rizavi as Ms. Marvel, which I saw it online. It was so cool. Um, I would love to see something in real life, though, so I'll keep looking. Haven't seen any Halos yet. Uh, that's another thing I'm looking forward to seeing. I saw a few great Artemis Crocs today. From Young Justice, and there's a lot of like really great. There's a lot of Teen Titans Go. I'm seeing, yeah, a lot of really cool Robins and Starfires and, and Ravens. And Ravens, oh, that's such a great costume. Yeah. The hair and the 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 the, the, and the oh the purple. Yes, yes. So, have you seen any other characters from Voltron or any other characters from Young Justice at all? I've seen a few. Um, 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 why am I blanking on his name? I've seen uh, a lot of Keiths. 
No, I haven't. I love your thing. You know, AJ, <laughs> who you were talking about earlier, he um, got this fantastic MFE Pilot hoodie uh, from uh, an Etsy shop online that I have to go check out because I need this hoodie. I need this hoodie, guys. Um, like, I love it. It's so great. I actually had to get mine all the way from Hong Kong. Oh, wow. That traveled a long way. I ordered it online, and it, it took, you know, several weeks to ship, but... I love it. It looks fantastic. It looks so comfortable, too. And it even has the paw. That's amazing. That's so cool. And, of course, I have the Han Cholo rings. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. That's the one from the Deadpool movie. That's the red line. That is so cool. Oh, man. Voltron merchandising on point. Don't you wish there were, like, action figures of all the MFE pilots and the Atlas and all the fighters and all that? Yes, 100%. The minute something like that gets made. I know there's, like, all these fantastic companies that do custom action figures. So that may be something to look into. But, yeah, the minute there's, like, a, a figure of a character I play that is going on my desk at home. That's what all the actors hope for. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like a mark of... Uh, you know, because I feel like a lot of actors, especially actors who do a lot of animated shows, we were once huge fans and we collected all that stuff and comics and figures as kids. And so to see it come full circle in so many ways, like I've been fortunate to see my career come full circle so much with aspirations I had as a child and the things I loved as a child. And now working with the people who I admired when I was a child, it's just such this amazing full circle feeling that I... I feel so grateful and, and lucky to be able to play in this sandbox. So, so being Halo and being Razavi, what, what's the biggest thing you've learned during that time? Mm, that's a great question. I think in the case of both of them, especially more so with Razavi, um, I love playing the comedic element of things, of, of, of using comedy to break apart dramatic tension. And I feel like Razavi in particular does that a lot in Voltron. Um, and same with Halo. I, I feel like there's an inherent... She's so funny. She's so funny. She's written so funny. And I feel, as an actor, bringing the funny to it the best I can is, is, is so nice. Um, and to know, too, that... I think the other big thing, especially with Halo, is this idea of vulnerability and being vulnerable and finding strength in vulnerability. You know, she gets killed frequently, but she always gets back up. She always comes back. She always goes back to the fight. And I think there's something really inspirational in that um, from a human perspective of, of uh, your weakness or your perceived weakness is actually your strength. Your vulnerability is your superpower. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So... Through your work as uh, Halo and as Razavi, are there other projects that you worked on? I know there were some video games you talked about. Yeah, so um, there's some stuff that I'm so excited about that I can't talk about yet, but it's coming. Um, so I'm going to put a pin in that. Uh, I'm in this amazing video game called Apex Legends, which is quite a popular following since it was launched uh, a couple months ago. I played the uh, announcer who announces your victories and you are the Apex champions. And um, it's really fun. I've had some friends who are like, "Can my friend's a big fan of Apex. Can you record their name saying you are the Apex champions? I love doing that. It's so much fun. Um, 
I'm a character in that's just been re-released in League of Legends called Kale. They did a rework of that character, and um, that was super fun to play her. That's spelled K-A-Y-L-E, right? That's, that's right. Not like the vegetable. Right. <laughs> and um, let's see, what else? Uh, I work on Trolls with DreamWorks as well. I love DreamWorks. They're, they're just such a great company to work for. I feel fortunate to work on a lot of their animated series and they're just doing so much work right now and uh, it's really exciting. And um, yeah, just really enjoying um, video game life. <laughs> Can you tell us some bit, a bit about your musical background? Oh yeah. Um, so I am a huge musical theater nerd. I kind of studied that all through college. I studied a lot of Japanese musical theater, actually, which is a very niche specific uh, interest to have. <laughs> and uh, I, I sing. I like to sing on projects. Um, I've recently had the opportunity to sing for some theme songs and animated projects, so that's been really exciting. Yeah, and I, I do also um, song improv uh, with the Groundlings in L.A. Opera. I have a show coming up where um, Phyllis Katz, who's this genius, legendary Groundlings um, teacher and improviser, brings together a group of um, song improvisers with voices from the L.A. Opera. So imagine the finest voices in the world, world-class operatic voices making up songs, silly songs in improv scenes. It's so fun. It's so fun. So that's a, we're rehearsing that right now, actually. We have a show next week. Um, so all right. So uh, from all the things that you've done with uh, Halo and with Rezavi and everything, do you remember any of the lines that you had with as Rezavi or Halo? And can, can you give us a taste of it on the podcast, please? For sure. Um, so with Rezavi, there was actually a line in the audition sides and in one of the original records. It was for one of the season seven episodes that... Um, ultimately was cut for time. There were a few lines with the MFE pilots that um, kind of established who they were a little more, some bantering back and forth that never made it, sadly. I know. I keep saying, like, it'd be nice to all be at a convention together and do a, a reading, a short reading. Nothing plot-changing or anything like that, just little character-building moments. And I think my favorite Rizavi line from that was, like, she was going into battle. She was, you know taking her plane in and she said that's the best thing about the world ending there's nothing left to lose <laughs> and then she just fires and fires and I was like what a great attitude to have when you really have nothing left to lose you just give it your all and you get stuff done I love it when there was a couple times when Griffin you know he, he's he's got to be the one that shouts out the orders to the team right and then Rizavi's just going oh, okay I guess we're going right 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 like shoot that base or whatever it was she said yeah like, I'm already on it. I love their little com competitive um, dynamic they have. Yeah. My so rocket boosters. Like, I remember being so excited about the rocket boosters of her ship. Oh, and of course, like, the iconic, I like her. I really like her, talking about Veronica. <laughs> All right. So how about Halo? Oh, goodness. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have to be careful because some of my favorite Halo scenes are going to be in the latter half of this season. Um, but... Let's see, stuff from the first half. I love I love how excited she was about the apples, and she was like, have you tried apples forager? They're amazing. And like, just how accepting she and Brionne both were of Forager instantly, who's another great character in Young Justice. I love Forager. Um, and I just, I just love 
also the episode another I play Harper Rowe in in Young Justice as well who you see in the episode Another Freak and um, I love playing her because she's just like she's so cool she's so like effortlessly cool and like I want to be her when I grow up <laughs> and that scene where Harper and Halo and Forager all the who's on first scene where they're all talking back and forth that was so much fun to record because I was by myself going back and forth um, as Harper being like Harper and then Halo being Halo like my name is Violet blah, blah, blah. and then Harper being like what and like Halo blah, 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 blah. so it was like just so much fun it's nutty having all these people in my head <laughs> there's a precedence for that you know with, with actors that do many different voices on the same show and stuff like that like with Frank Welker with, with Fred and Scooby Doo and all that kind of stuff and they can just go right back and forth between those and did you feel like you learned uh, how to do that from those types of people? Well, I n- no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, I, I mean, no. I'm I'm not at that level that those guys are. Like, that's an amazing switch that they've cultivated over years of of muscle experience. I'd say I'm fairly okay at it, but I do love that our voice director Jamie Thomason. He lets me kind of do it as a first pass and then he'll go back and get individual lines for each of them on a second so that the best possible version will be presented so it's the best of both worlds I like to do it I think it's good though for the acting flow if you get to do at least the first pass all through back and forth yeah all right as a, a closing here for the podcast, would it be possible in the future if we could get all four MFE pilots together on the podcast? I would love that. I would totally be game. You let me know. Yeah. Can you help me make that happen? Yeah. Yes, Mark. I will. Are you listening out there, my comrades? I know AJ will do it. I bet Anna will do it. And Bumper. Yeah, we'll talk to Bumper. They're so great. Veronica... Um, Christina, I'll, I'm going to mess up her last name. Christina, who plays Veronica, she's amazing. She's on Broadway right now in, in um, Mean Girls. She's playing Gretchen Wiener on Broadway. Um, so she might be a bit hard to, to, to peg down. But the rest of us are in L.A., so I feel, like, uh, I feel like it shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. We look forward to being able to make that happen because a lot of fans have asked for that. Oh, amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, let's make it happen. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining us for Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast here at WonderCon 2019. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for watching and listening. (laughs) Wow. She has at least as much energy as Rizapi. Oh, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah, so she's got the the animated shows, she's got video games, she's really into music and singing and everything, and she's she's basically the whole package. And she seems hyper-enthusiastic about all of it. That's so cool. And she really gets into everything about her characters and the shows that she's working on, and she really works on preparing and doing the best she can, and... I, I think, you know, she got a lot of that from working with Andrea Romano and, and other voice directors and everything. So I think, you know, knowing that she was on two shows that had huge fan followings, a lot of people know about those characters. So you really got to be your best at your game, you know? Mm-hmm. I really got the feel of her, her enthusiasm during that interview, too. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, her and her energy and enthusiasm are infectious. I mean, I'm listening to, like, 
wow, I'm so excited. I don't know who the heck Halo is, but wow, how cool. <laughs> but now I want to see it, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, so so I got to tell you, I mean, I, I know the very, very basic DC heroes. In other words, if they've been on Super Friends back in the old <laughs> days, I know who they are. Most of the other characters, no clue. So can you clue me in on who Halo is? All right. Well, Halo is actually a new character. So okay. it's a, an addition to what you would call the, the Young Justice cast. So, you know, Young Justice had, you know, characters like, you know, Robin, Nightwing, uh, Aqualad, uh, you know, the young uh, versions of uh, like Flash or, or Green Arrow or, you know, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So you take all those characters and, and then season three comes along and they're adding some new characters. And one of them was the, the Brion Markov character that became Geoforce. And then Halo and uh, Cyborg was added to the cast and all this kind of stuff. So there's lots of new elements coming in in season three that you didn't see in the previous two seasons. This is just, you know, there's so many characters out there that, that they have to choose from and everything. So this is just making it more and more interesting. And what we're seeing is we're seeing these new characters getting developed as the course of the season goes, you know? Mm-hmm. So having to deal with uh, learning their powers and how to use them and, and how to, you know, work together with the rest of the team and everything. All these things are developing. Okay. So uh, who then is Halo among all these other new characters being introduced? What, what is it that makes the Halo character unique? Well, like she said, it's, it's actually somebody who had, who had died. And because she has this mother box inside her, it's it's actually the mother box is the entity that, that makes the body alive. So it's not even the real person it used to be anymore. It is the entity that is this mother box inside of her. Wow. But at the same time, it's this mother box getting to know her human form and becoming the Halo character. And not only that, but learning to recognize human interaction and human feelings and all those types of things. I mean, she, she sounds kind of monotone when she starts, but she said that she develops a sense of humor. She develops feelings and all those kinds of things. And it's, it's, this is all stuff that was foreign to her when she first started out. Hmm. So it's a really unique character. Yeah. So, so this mother box, what is it? Is it some alien thing what is it or does anyone know it's some well there's there's a there's a long history that you could get on wikipedia out of what okay. a mother box is all right well maybe but, i'll just google it but i'm just i'm just fascinated right. by this character but it's it's just something that uh it's it's something that has powers obviously because uh halo was able to do certain things that we've never seen her do before like every other episode we we're seeing her you know with a new power Hmm. So she's learning how to control these powers and, and how to use them for good. And like we said, when she, when she interacts with Cyborg, Cyborg's a little out of control because his father box kind of gets out of control and she's able to calm him down. So it's okay. sort of like the mother box calming down the father box. Huh. So okay. it's it's that kind of thing. Well, it does sound really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that she's still very enthusiastic about Razavi too. That's really cool. Oh, Yeah. 
Yeah, she, she loved some of those interactions that uh, Rizavi had with uh, the, the launch date in the market square and stuff like that. And when she was being very enthusiastic about the documentary that Kincaid was making for day 47. Mm-hmm. That was a great scene. I mean, the whole episode yeah. was awesome. Right. We talked about, you know, she, she would be really into a... a a spin-off series with just the MFE pilots, and then uh, she'd also be into having all the MFE pilots on the podcast. So what do yeah. you think about that? I would love that. That'd be great. We could have AJ back, have Zara Fazal join us, and, and yeah, the whole uh, the whole lot. That would be great. Anna Graves and Bumper Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have to we have to reach out to those people. And, of course, uh, you know, fans, if, if you're listening to this podcast... Let us know how you feel about having all four MFE pilots on and uh, reach out to those people on their social media accounts to be able to ask them if they can be on the podcast together as a unit. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. We wish Sarah Fazal all the the luck in the world with uh, her Young Justice work. And at the same time, she had mentioned that she's working on something she can't talk about yet. So uh, we wish her luck with that. And we can't wait to find out what that is. Right. As always, uh, we we are going to be watching all of the actors who have worked on Voltron Legendary Defender with much interest uh, with all their future work because we know they're great actors. Absolutely. Totally agree. So thank you, Zara Fazal, for joining us on Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast at WonderCon. Very, very cool. I'm so glad you got to talk with her and so glad you got to go out there and experience the con. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, we're going to have this interview available on our YouTube channel after this podcast comes out. Cool. Okay. So that was a little taste of WonderCon for all the Voltron fans out there because obviously there wasn't a Voltron panel there. Uh, Voltron Legendary Defender is over. So, you know, just getting the chance to talk to one of the voice actors from uh, Voltron Legendary Defender was a real treat. So I'm glad we could bring this to the fans. Yeah. I know I had a blast with you out there two years ago and uh, at the con. I mean, it wasn't just about Voltron. The entire convention was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure that although it was Voltron light this year, the, the convention itself was a lot of fun. And, and having Franklin Kofod at a panel, would, uh, gosh, that would have been a blast to see. And this is the kind of stuff that helps Voltron live on and helps people remember Voltron so that other Voltron projects can come about. As long as you keep on, you know, going out and trying to buy Voltron items, as long as you keep on participating as, as a, an artist, if you're a fan artist or something like that, uh, we saw lots of artists in Artist Alley at WonderCon doing Voltron fan art, which was mm-hmm. awesome to see. And we had even talked, like I said, to Jamie Sullivan about coming on the podcast and talking about some of the Voltron stuff he's done. So there's a possibility of that happening in the near future. The cosplay out there, of course, there was lots of Voltron cosplay still. So as long as people still cosplay as those characters, I mean, there's cosplay for characters that have been around for over 30 years, obviously. Oh, yeah. So you're still seeing, you know, some old cosplay from old shows. So as long as you're out there doing the cosplay, doing the fan art, you know, doing fan fiction, whatever else you do for Voltron in the name of Voltron, that's going to keep it living on. Yep. So we want to appreciate all the the fans out there who are still doing great Voltron stuff. Absolutely. Love it. 
So we'll be returning, you know, next podcast will be back to episode reviews. And then uh, we're also going to be doing finishing up the episode reviews from season eight. And then we'll be getting into some of the comic book stuff. So we're looking forward to that as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to uh, diving into those. Some of the comics have been around for a while and uh, uh, it'd be nice to chat about them finally. And of course, there's always Voltron news that could be happening. There may be some announcements happening about what's going on with VoltCon later this year, or we may be having some merchandise things. I know that they did mention today that the DVDs for seasons three through six are going to be out. Right. Did you get that news? Yes, I saw that. So we've had the first 26 episodes, seasons one and two, released on DVD. Uh, seasons three through six will be another 26 episodes. And uh, that means seven and eight are almost inevitable, which is awesome. I'd love to have a full set of those. I wish they were Blu-ray, but DVD is uh, better than nothing at all. Yeah, there was a lot of comments there that I saw in response to that, that people hoped they were Blu-ray, and people also hoped that there were bonuses and extra stuff on them and everything like that. Right. So I don't know what if we're getting anything like that or if it's just going to be the same as the one and two were and it's just the episodes. But it would be really nice if we got all that extra stuff and we had it on Blu-ray. Yep, totally agree. But in the meantime, I'm cool with DVD because I'm all about physical media because I am old school. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, everything seasons one through six is available in digital. You can still get that on like iTunes and, and other places, Google Play Media and all that kind of stuff where where it's available. Yep. So that's really cool. Indeed. And of course, you can still watch all the episodes on Netflix. Yep, yep, yep. We look forward to uh, our next episode, our next podcast, and we'll see you all next time on... Let's Voltron. Let's Voltron.